This week on the Koshcast, Fernandinho with an own goal, City draw, Liverpool beat United, of course, Newcastle beat Chelsea, Arteta, he's not getting any sleep, Barca get the win, Juve are all alone at the top of Italy, talk the transfer window, Tanzania, Kosovo, Fruits, we got it all, let's go. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Koshcast at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. How does Alex do this? www.under... It's harder than it seems. I don't think he goes the full www.https forward slash forward slash. Hey, you gotta be you gotta be safe with your browsing, man. It's just under the com. Yes, that's the one. I'm um, I'm Mohamed. Alex is not with us today. I've got Rishay and Bernie. Rishay, how are you? Doing well, man. Hello, everybody. Happy weekend was good. Uh, you were uh, reunited recently today with a, with a loved one. Tell us about it. Oh, yes. My electric unicycle was uh, finally serviced. And the guy came and dropped it off at my work at around 3, 3.30ish. And there was a family like waiting in the bottom of the building, just kind of like waiting for their Uber. Mm-hmm. And the second this guy came out of his Uber and they, he like busted out these two wheels, one for himself and one was my wheel. <laughs> Everyone was just like pressed up against the window looking at my wheel like, oh my God. Because they it were like is, little kids, right? So It is quite um, a unique sight. Like even though, you know, it's just, <laughs> it is unique. Like you don't see a lot of them around. It's still uh, quite, quite a new sight around, around downtown. Yeah, but it was very unsafe to ride it home. Like uh, I, yeah. I had to ride it very slowly because there's still a bunch of gunk on the road. So I look forward That's to true. the clearance and removal of that crap. I mean, I mean, yeah, we have four wheels and we're slippering. So, uh, yeah. Bernie, how are you doing? How's your weekend? Uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, we we got to hang out as a as a cosh unit outside of you know footy circumstances yes. so that was very very good to to see you guys in uh you know in, under those circumstances so do you yeah. uh, you still have that shark song in your head it's it's playing in my head as we speak <laughs> baby shark <laughs> I, I feel like Watford, <laughs> Watford should play that song automatically whenever Dini's son shows up. At the <laughs> yeah, especially, especially if he shows up asking for like debt money. <laughs> so speaking of Watford, let's talk about them. Um, they held, I, I don't know if I would say they held Tottenham to a nil-nil draw because looking into the, the form of these teams, you know, Watford, I wouldn't say were favorites, but it wouldn't have surprised me if they got a draw like they did or beat Tottenham. Tottenham are in a very bad run of form. And Watford, you know, they haven't, I think Tottenham haven't kept a clean sheet in like six games or something. And Watford have been very good um, recently under their new manager. So, you know, a good, a good nil-nil for them. You know, I just want to quickly jump in over here and ask Bohanad, what is the table ranking of Tottenham? And what is the table ranking of Arsenal? Wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Watford. I, I was not expecting that. Tottenham are in eighth with 31 points. So they are doing horrendously. Arsenal are in 10th with 29. So only three points away, you know? It's the, the <laughs> London rivalry is, is well and alive in mid-table. 
This could be the lowest uh, St. Totteringham day or whatever it is, like, in, in recorded history. If, if we beat them, yeah. If we're, like, eighth and they're ninth, yeah. <laughs> But, but Watford have 23 points for Shea to answer a question. And I think less than a month ago, they were at the bottom of the table with only one win or so, and now they've got four more in that time. Oh, yeah. Watford's form has been, has been phenomenal. It's, it's another, you know, we keep talking about Nigel Pearson. It's another one of his Leicester, you know, the same way he, he had Leicester um, miraculously escape relegation that season before they won the title. Um, he's doing the exact same with Watford, man. He's got them playing well. Dean is playing very well under him. And, you know, obviously, they, they, their characters seem to match, you know, like just get that best out of Dini and let Dini get the best out of the others and kind of fire them up, and it's working for them. But you know what's, you know what's disappointing about this in particular is, is that, uh, like, I find it disappointing that Watford have, like, it's this great escape, so to say, but it took them one month to do it. Normally, it takes, like, you know, the last day or whatever and this drama, and that actually just goes to show how terrible the Premier League has become that it took this one month performance for them to get this far up the table like it's it's ridiculous yeah no Watford I think if, if you look at the form of the last six games Watford their second in the table they have four wins and two draws they're literally in the last six games they have outperformed everybody but Liverpool um, results wise which is insane I mean that includes um, beating Manchester United 2-0 um, Wolves 2-1 um, you know, it, these are some serious results. Yeah, you know, Watford were not a bad team, per se. Like, in the last couple of seasons, they've been mm-hmm. doing very well. Like, you know, last season, Ducourie was on fire, and everyone wanted to buy him. This season, right. they just, like, really started terribly, and now they've, they've recovered, and I feel like they're just kind of regressing to the norm. Right, so, right. I don't, I don't expect them to go and win the league next season or <laughs> anything like that, but I expect them to finish somewhere, like, mid-table, like, you know, hopefully, hopefully when we say mid-table, we're not talking about, like, you know, they're finishing above Tottenham or, like, above Arsenal or something. Right. But mid-table for what the traditional style of mid-table is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I mean, in, 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 uh, in contrast, in the form table of the last six um, games, Tottenham are in 18th. They have three losses in, in six, two draws, and only one win against Brighton. You know, losing to Chelsea, drawing Norwich, losing to Southampton. Um, you know, they've only got five points out of the last possible, whatever, six times 13 is 18 points. Um, so and, and how many, sorry, I think Mourinho has coached them for three of those games out of the six? No, he's coached them, I think, for all of them out of the six. He's been there for a while now. I think he, didn't he lose to Chelsea? It was supposed to be his game back. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think they haven't, and, and they've also conceded in every single game. They've kept a clean sheet in six now, so... Did he lose to Chelsea and United, both his former teams? Did that, did that happen? He lost to Chelsea. I don't know if he was there for United. I feel like... He was. He was. Yeah. He definitely he was. Wow, that's interesting. Oh, wow. So yeah, Spurs are on a, on a bit of a downward spiral here. And, I mean, you know, they're, they're going to... You know, at the beginning of the season, Spurs were supposedly, like, you know, locked on for a top-four position. It's not looking likely anymore once you look at the table. So, interesting kind of change yeah. coming with Mourinho. But, you know... He's, he's, I'm glad to, uh, I'm glad to see Mourinho. Mourinho very, very early. He's, he's reinvented himself, his career. So now you know that when you get Mourinho to come to your club, your club's going to go down and the fans <laughs> are going to hate your club. Three, three weeks. And they're going to hate. Instead of three seasons. 
let's uh, let's let's move on to the next game. We've, uh, earlier again on Saturday we had Arsenal one, Sheffield United one. Speaking of the North London amazing rivalry, there Arsenal, um, you know, with Arteta and Sheffield United. To be fair, are a, this season are a very good team, very tough team to break down. But still, this performance wasn't wasn't the best from from the home team. Um, I felt it was kind of it was too reserved. Arsenal don't in the last two games, especially don't kind of take their chances when they're dominating the game. Um, we did the same against Crystal Palace, uh, where we didn't dominate, where we were dominating but didn't uh, capitalize, and then the same here against Sheffield, and we allowed both teams to come back late into the game. So a bit of still a bit of that soft underbelly, um, but yeah, there are some improvements. But you know, this season is a complete write-off, anyways. So it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It seems like every season is a complete write-off. Yeah, you could say so. Since Arsene Wenger left, the Premier League hasn't really been been anything to write home about at all for us. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, like we were just having this discussion today amongst the clash, and we were just saying, our teams suck. Our teams are so bad. It's been bled out of our system to have any <laughs> pride in our teams. Yeah. And then the quality of the product is not even improving. There's no, there's well, no improvement in sight. Just to, sorry, Bernie, I know you're going to, you want to jump in here, but just to give you a stat, um, Arsenal have only won six Premier League games this, this season. Six out of 23. I mean, we just got in a lot of draws to kind of push us up. Six wins out of 23, that is Austin Villa, same amount of wins as West Ham. You know, like, this, this is some, in, like, some bad numbers, man. It, it is it is pretty bad. Uh, I'm I'm not sure uh, how it got. I mean, in the last 15 games, you have three wins across three managers, right? And if you count Freddie Lundberg yeah. as a manager, and uh, you know, I think we've seen some good things here and there from Arteta, but I think it's what one win in four or something uh, like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, which was United. Right, which was Man United. And yeah. I think it's one draw and the rest, sorry, two draws and the rest, one loss or something like that. So it's, it's not been great so far. But you could say, as with anything, I would say, well, what do you expect to learn about Arteta in, what, six well, games? I, I, would I don't say, think you're going to learn anything. I would say the results have been bad, but the eye test has passed a little bit. Like, Arteta has passed the eye test slightly. Like, when we lost to Chelsea um, in our first serious game, um, you know, we lost it in the last seven minutes in a game where we dominated Chelsea for like 80 minutes. So that was very encouraging. And then we played United and we played really well against United. And I know United didn't have their best day, but at the end of the day, you know, when, when, when Arsenal in this form will take it, um, we looked quite good. The, the one thing I would say, though, is that surprisingly, he's made us a bit better defensively. Like, I feel we were less all over the place than we were under Emery. We do seem to have a little bit of a plan. Um, we do still concede that annoying late goal, but there are some things in place, um, but it's not definitely not all there yet. And Arteta is only going to start being judged, you know, next season. This season is just him players and kind of betting in. So. And I think that's a very important statement that you made in that he's not going to be judged now. A, he shouldn't be judged now. Um, I don't think it any, like any results mean that he's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's his, I don't think the situation he's fallen into is his fault whatsoever. Um, but in the same token, we live in a generation of just very quick opinions. And we saw with Lampard, he was the next best thing. And now the form is just terrible. We yeah. saw with Solskjaer, it was record-breaking. And now it's terrible. So I'm not saying it's going to be terrible. We don't know. 
But I mm. think everyone needs to just take a step back because a lot of people were, two weeks ago were saying, oh my God, he's been here two weeks and we can see a plan. It's like, well, if the plan includes David Luiz still doing what he's doing and includes the team still being defensively poor, like they were for that Chef United goal, then that's not a plan. He needs a window. He needs to bring his own players in because these players cannot play the way Arteta wants to play. I'm sorry, they just can't. Yeah, yeah you know, on the other hand, there's always opportunity for uh, Nigel Pearson to eventually replace one of these managers. <laughs> yeah, when, when Arsenal is in a relegation battle, he can, he can come and save us there. Um, but Sheffield United definitely don't need replacing managers. I mean, um, Chris Wilder has been doing an unbelievable job there. They're, they're killing it this season. They're playing really well, especially for a team that is you know, just out of uh, the championship. They're, they're playing football that you can watch. It's a lot of fun. Um, they've got a lot of players that kind of have started to to hit form. Obviously, we all know about um, Lundstrom from 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 FPL, but there's also John Fleck who's who's playing really well. Even Musset is is picking up some form. So um, Dean Henderson obviously is also a very good player. So they've got some good players, but he's got him playing some some phenomenal football this season, and they deserve to be where they are. I absolutely agree. There, I think the second best defense in the league behind uh, Liverpool. Um, after that, it's a, it's a bit of a cluster. <laughs> of, yeah. of, well, after that, it's Leicester, sorry. And then it's a bit of a cluster. Uh, everyone is as, basically as good as each other defensively, so to say, after that. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, they only scored 25 goals. Their goal difference is plus three. So they are great at keeping things tight. In fact, if a game is going to end 1-0, you're probably going to think it's going to end 1-0 in Sheffield United's favor. Right. Uh, because they're, they're that resolute. And that's management. You know, he knows what he has. And he makes it work in a way that I think a lot of people thought Sean Dyche. Remember when Sean Dyche came and Burnley did, I think they got into mm-hmm. Europe qualifying or something, mm-hmm. and people were impressed. In hindsight, you shouldn't have been impressed because that team didn't even have this energy that this Sheffield right. United have. And this Sheffield United, although they're defensive, are interesting to me to watch. Right. So I, I definitely give the man credit for that. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of Sean Dyche, he, you know, this, he had a really good week this week beating um, Leicester City 2-1. Um, the, the wheels are starting to slowly come off the, this Leicester train. Um, you know, they started off the season very hot. And then the last few games, I, I think their form hasn't been um, very good. If I look at it over here, they're sitting at 15th in the last six games. Only two wins out of the last six after, you know, storming um, early on in the season. So um, Burnley did a very good job in this game. I, I actually, I don't know why, but I watched it. It was, it was I think I was just free on the, on the Sunday. They looked, they looked very good. Leicester didn't look as, um, as menacing as we're used to them. And Vardy is slightly losing his touch in front of goal the last few games. And so that's not helping them. But um, Burnley did a really good job beating Leicester there. And Leicester is just kind of slowly falling away from, from that, close to the top of the table. It, it's a good thing that they built up, you know, a, yeah. a, good, a good amount of steam. Because you're right. I think it's two wins in six. And three of those, at least that I can see, I'm missing one game here, are, are straight up losses. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've lost six games this season. And overall, you go, okay, that's not that, uh, like, actually, sorry, when I see six losses in my head, I go, that's not good. But then if you look at the rest of them, yeah. you know, Chelsea have eight, United have seven, Tottenham have eight, Arsenal, yeah. how many have you lost? I don't even know. Like, it's, it's, it's not good in that sense, but they don't have many draws, which is actually what helps them a lot. And I think they'll obviously make top four, and I think that's still an achievement. But, yeah, the wheels are starting to fall off, and you wonder, can they be dragged into this top four battle? I don't think so, but it would be interesting if they were. 
-hmm. It's possible. It's possible for them to get dragged in again. I mean, you've seen teams sitting in mid-table dragged into relegation battles with like, you know, five weeks to go. If you, if you hit a badge, a really bad patch of form in the, in the league, in this Premier League, you could all of a sudden, you know, we've talked about the volatility of the table, right? Like teams have won three games and jumped up like 10 spots, even this late in the table. It's just so tight after Liverpool um, in chunks that it's, it's anything is possible. Um, we've got City here who are supposedly title contenders with Liverpool or were like maybe 15 weeks ago. <laughs> um, drawing to Crystal Palace at home 2-2. That is not a good look for Pep Guardiola. And I know Rishé has some, uh, some ludicrous thoughts on, on Pep. <laughs> uh, should we just let him get it, get it out the way right now? Yeah, just let, let it get him off his chest. The stage is yours, Rishé. <clears throat> <laughs> he cleared his throat. <laughs> I, think that, uh, I don't think there's anything revolutionary that I'm going to say about Pep. I mean, he's a good manager. He's been a good manager over the years. He's never quite been the same good manager as he was in his first year. Um, he hasn't won the Champions League in 10 years. He's a domestic league specialist at this point. And, it, 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 you know, after, in his third season for every team he's been in, there's been a burnout effect. City are a very burnt out looking team right now. Well, he's and very demanding. Normally, right? he's very demanding, uh, but it's hard to keep up that level of demand. I mm -hmm. mean, the way he demands it is, is it's like very soulless, but... You know, Crystal Palace are a team that City, like on under normal circumstances, would be beating 7-0, 8-0. It's almost like you're asking, like, okay, well, maybe City needs some new new players. But, hey, wait a second. They've already been signing all these players. They already have these world-class players. So what exactly is happening over here on the field? Is Crystal Palace just becoming an amazing team? Um, is Roy Harson just doing such a phenomenal job that they can now take points out of City? Like, you know. It's hard to really say, but ultimately it comes down to Pep's burnout effect, and that's exactly what we're seeing this season. Right. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, City are playing to the level of everybody else in the league except Liverpool. Liverpool have just kind of pulled away this phenomenal form where they're unbeaten. But if you take Liverpool out of it, you know, City are playing to this league. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, maybe they shouldn't be. Maybe they should be playing much better than just to, to the level of the league. But, you know, if you look at it, without Liverpool... They're three points ahead of uh, of Leicester and whatever nine ahead of Chelsea and you know thirteen or whatever ahead of United. They are so far away from other teams. It's just that Liverpool, in comparison, is is making them look um, look quite bad. And <clears throat> losses for City is a lot for a Pep Guardiola team in the league. He usually has you know the league sewn up, and um, even if it's tight, you're not losing five games out of twenty three. That is that is a large number for Pep. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very large number um, for for Pep. I think what they don't go anything more than three typically. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very large number. Um, at the at the same time, you know, I, there is a little bit to this burnout theory. I think, but I think it's more Pep himself gets burnt out more than anything else. I don't. I'm not sure in this particular case of City, he's burnt out. I think he's motivated, but there's things that he can't handle. Like Sané, I think, being injured, he planned for Sané, right, to be there the whole time. Now, he still has Sterling and Mares, who are, you know, world-class players. And Bernardo so, Exactly. So, he should be fine. But that is an issue. The defense is a major, major I think it's issue. defense, man. He has no, like, he, he just doesn't close defense. And, like, it's it's not just the defense in terms of the center defense because we've been saying the defense has been bad for years in terms of the center center back pairing and Laporte just papered over cracks. But the team itself is not defending very well. And that's a Fernandinho problem. 
um, in terms of he's playing defense and not up to it anymore. Rodri's a good player, but Rodri is not the defensive killer that Fernandinho is. So he does leave you lacking defensively. He's more, then, more of a Jorginho than a Conte. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. And then when you add to the fact that, you know, people like Silva are getting older and the other guys who would typically press higher up or get a little Mendy, bit older. Mendy's form is really bad. M- Mendy uh, is bad. Kyle Walker, Walker's form is really bad. Like, yeah, a lot of players are just not playing up to the standard. Let me ask you this. In the locker room at Man City, how many times are you going to get inspired by Guardiola asking you, you have to die for the three points. You have to die for the three points. <laughs> like, week in and week out, it's like, okay, bro, like, I get it. I'm going to have to die for the fucking three points. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's a, it's a third season right now. Like, you can't it. be saying the but, same message. But this is why when we talk about, you know, he's a, like someone, X person is a brilliant manager. How can they sack him? It's because of this. Mourinho is very famous for going through this. You know, first two seasons, he has them kind of fighting, dying on this hill that he's built of, you know, us against the world. And then come third season and Hazard wants an extra cupcake, you know? Like, and it, it just, players stop, <laughs> players just stop playing for that same reason. You're right, that, that novelty wears off. And, you know, maybe, maybe that pep third season, it seems like most of these high, you know, intensity managers, I mean, we've seen it with Bielsa. Bielsa has it within a season, man. Like the first three quarters of the season, his teams are the best team in Europe. And the last, whatever, five, six, seven games, they just burn out and they, they completely lose the plot. So, you know, there is, there is, there is a point to this. Um, I, I will add that. But, but I, Klopp, Klopp is not a high, he is a high intensity manager as well, but he's also got this patience. Like, even though he brings a high energy to the table, it's okay, the team's actually performing well right now. I don't have to consistently deliver this message of you have to die for the three points when they understand what's going on. You only have yeah, to also, step in and... Also, Keep in mind, Liverpool players are still hungry. They haven't won the league. Yes. The question is, you know, once they win it and they stroll to it this season, what are they going to do next season, right? Like, that's really your test of Klopp with the whole three points and the whole Pep thing because they still haven't won. They haven't achieved. Like, City have come up and done everything possible in domestic English football. They're, you know, they're done. Absolutely. And in Klopp's, in Klopp's um, situation, there is precedent for this, right? Like he won two in a row at Dortmund. I think the third year Bayern won. And then after that, it was burnout. Like they, they mm-hmm. like as much as they liked him. And by the way, they really, really liked him. It wasn't anything in terms of, you know, they didn't want him there anymore. It's, the message was not getting across. And he actually knew that. And I think he resigned, I think. Or he yeah. at least worked something out. Like it was very, very mutual, unlike what you hear normally. Right. And, and just to go to... To, to Ferguson a little bit, there was this analogy that they always say that every three, four years, he reinvented his squad. Now, mm-hmm. it's a different generation, different era. I get all that. But they were saying this 10 years ago, which, which actually says to me that this idea of burnout is not new. It's been around, and the manager realizes this and does something about it by reinventing the squad but, every couple but, of years. That is a very, very good point. But keep in mind that Ferguson had to reinvent the squad every few years because he wanted to be there for 20 years. A manager that only wants to be there for four doesn't need to do that. Yes, you know, exactly. I mean, like, like Pep doesn't need to do this at Bayern. He knows he's not going to be there more than three years. And he doesn't need to do it at City. He knows this next season is potentially his last. So the motivation to do that, it's more like short-term goals. Let's do it now. Even bringing through youth and stuff. Pep doesn't care about that. Why? Because he wants to win now. He doesn't want to win in five years when he's not going to be there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely spot on. I and agree. I think I think what Roche is also saying has sense in the fact that Liverpool are still having fun. City have become so mechanical that I think they've lost that aspect of their fun. 
Um, Liverpool are still expressing themselves, still enjoying themselves. The fans are still so in it. Like City's fans, they're done, man. Like they're also burnt out. They're like, you know what? We've, we've had our, we've had our fun. I, now I don't want to. I'm not behind this team when they're not when they're not winning. I'm gonna partially agree with Mohamed because, you know, I agree with the fact that Liverpool are having fun with their football, um, and City are not. But I don't agree with City fans have burnout because. There are no city fans. <laughs> good one. I like it. I like it. That is, that um, is also a very good point. Um, shout let's out move to, yeah, let's, let's, to continue the point, I mean, there was also another discussion earlier today on our thread about you know Liverpool's playing style, and I think I was also the instigator there. And this might be a controversial opinion, but I feel like you know Liverpool's style of football is very high intensity. It's very uh, in sync. They're very synchronized with each other. The team chemistry is probably 100%. I think the strongest thing about that Liverpool team is their team chemistry. And it shows, it shows, it shows in the in the players that are not necessarily on paper world class. You know, you've got the Wijnaldums, you've got the um, Hendersons, you've got those kind of players. Even when Keita plays, yeah, they seem to all work together and work very well. So you're right. I I, I don't think there's anything controversial about that. I think it's fair enough, and I think it's a sign yeah. of a good manager, which is why. Um, so, first, let me get this out there, everyone. In case you've forgotten, around April last year, Mohamed called Pep Guardiola a fraud. Let's just get that out there. And it's uh, being, yes. as we speak. And there are images, and, and uh, we can prove it to you yeah, as well. Yes. Uh, the audio is there, but we'll post it on Twitter so you can see. He called him an absolute fraud. And he used Jurgen Klopp to make the point. Now, all I'm going to say is, he's not a fraud like Mohamed thinks he is. And even he'll tell you he's not. This is what he actually believes in his heart. Uh, that he's a fraud, but there is a point there to taking players who are not that, you know, not that world-class or not that level and turning them into it. And I'll give you a couple of examples. You mentioned Wijnaldum, spot on. I thought he was a good player, but not this good. Henderson, I still don't think he's very good, but he's made to look very good. Old man Milner, still doing a Bernie, job. Bernie, to like, it's crazy. Your, your point is perfect. Like, call, tell me one player that Liverpool signed who was already world-class in the starting 11. Name one. Even... Even Sadio, Van Dijk. No, Sadio no, Mane was Southampton. He was he not wasn't. world class. Name one world class no, player than Van Dijk. No one knew Firmino. Firmino, Van Dijk, uh, Trent, Robertson, Wijnaldum, Keita, Allison. None of them were world class from wherever they came from. None of them were. They all made the step up at Liverpool. Literally not a single world class player joined the squad. On, on, this, on this particular point, everyone will tell you that Van Dijk is the best centre-back in the world. But I, I always tell people this all the time. When he was signed, everybody laughed. Everybody laughed. And it wasn't because they thought, didn't think he was good. They thought, you're paying $75 million for this, right? Like, no one knew who he was this good. Klopp knew that he could make him that good. And that's why, to me, Klopp is a better manager than, than Pep Guardiola. Like, taking those types of guys and making them this good, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, Liverpool came out of nowhere, man, because they didn't sign, you know, they didn't go and poach an Aguero. They didn't go and poach a whoever, like a KDB, they didn't. They just made top players from the championship. They got Robertson from Hull and, you know, they, they got Southampton players and, you know, they didn't buy from any major teams. They bought players from the Bundesliga. I don't know how they did it, man, but... You know, they, they, they spent money. They spent money, to be fair. Van Dijk, 75. Um, uh, Allison was around that price range as well. Look, I, Arsenal spent 72 million on Pepe. He still can't kick a ball. So it's not about the money. <laughs> Like and then Man United can't even sign uh, Bruno Fernandes. Right? You've signed, you signed Maguire for $80 million. You Well, know, well the thing is, Roche, it, I, I, I agree with Moen that I don't care about transfer fees. I was saying this this morning. Transfer fees mean nothing to me. 
the fact is, if you Liverpool and why they beat United 2-0 and the golf was apparently really big. I didn't watch this game. And you can see a difference in United have spent a billion dollars or something. Is, it, is that the number since Friggy left? Something yeah. weird yes. like this? Like a billion or whatever on players? And they've spent it on mostly rubbish, right? Liverpool spent less than that, although big fees, on players that they think would integrate. Like this is a data-driven approach run by Michael Edwards, the sporting director. And they said, we know we're going to be successful with Van Dyke. We know this guy, who may not be worth 75 million at that point, but we know he will be perfect. We will pay over the odds for this guy. They said same thing with Allison. They knew he was going to be that good because they planned that well. It's such a low risk way of going about it that everyone should should do. Salah, same thing. And you can see it. And that's the difference on the pitch. Apparently, and we'll go on to the game. I mean, first half, I saw that, and I thought VAR aside, Liverpool should have been three 0 up inside thirty minutes or whatever. Yeah. Second half, I didn't watch it. I've just heard that United played a lot better, and if Martial had finished, it would have equalized. I've heard this, and I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter to me. The the deal is they're thirty points up on this team, on Man United and the rest of the league, because they have built. Klopp aside, Klopp is the best manager in the world right now, but they have built a side for him that works for him. And it's a yeah. brilliant operation, best operation in the world, hands down. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's phenomenal what they've done and they did deserve this win against United. Um, you know, United did um, stay in the game for long and, and even though, yes, there was a few VAR calls and, and whatnot. And, but, you know, United did well to stay in it because Liverpool can blow teams away and, you know, you guys stayed in it for long enough and, yes, Martial had that one chance at the end and that's kind of how you, you could potentially beat or draw Liverpool is just hang in there for as long as possible and take the one or two chances that come your way. Um, but, you know, you didn't take it and then Liverpool come up the other end with a quite a comical goal, to be fair. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on. Um, David De Gea as well, I felt, was suspect in that Salah finish. It wasn't a very good finish. He was tired after all that running, and the finish was right underneath him. Same thing with the Van Dijk foul. Like, he wasn't strong enough. Like, I just feel, you know, De Gea, I don't know what happened to him, man, last few seasons, but I think, what, two years ago, he was your player of the season, single-handedly kept you in it. And then I don't know what happened in the last two years. He's just not been it. He was the best goalkeeper in the world at one point, but yeah. I, I'm, I am, I don't know if you, I've said this to you guys or not, but or whether you've, hit, you've got this hint, I am ready to let him go and bring in Dean Henderson from Sheffield United. I'm ready for that. To me, if you're going to do this, <laughs> if you're going to do this rebuild, do it all the way. He's not focused. De Gea is just not focused. So Sheffield, uh, Dean Henderson has the clean sheet record currently. The boy has put up yeah. some brilliant saves. Why not give it a shot? Like, I don't, I don't know. Would I would have done that. True, it would be a true United signing, like a young guy, um, a young, you know, th- that's kind of what United are known for. Like those young players, right? Like poaching those young players from. Well, the- he's he's our academy player. He's on loan there, so yeah. we have we have control over him. Let the hair go. Give no, this I did not, a shot. I did not know that. I did yeah. not know that. Oh well, that's that's brilliant. So he can what come back next season? He can come back next season. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. So I, I just want to, you know, I I think Bernie has a point. The hair's, you know, he's not in form. It's been about a season or so right now. But goalies have a prolonged career in terms, of, like compared to other players. So De Gea is still in his late twenties. He's not quite thirty yet. So you know, Van der Sar, if you remember, was playing until he was forty. Um, you know, Buffon was playing until he was forty. I think De Gea, you know, he might have like these, these couple of bad seasons here, but I don't think this is the end of his career. I still think he has a number of good years ahead of him. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 just on that point, I, I also did watch this game. De Gea did make 
a very, very good save in the first half with his mm-hmm. foot, which is very well known. That's a very like on brand to hear kind of save. Um, the VAR calls were totally in his favor. Like, you know, he was fouled for one of them. The other one was offside. Um, and the rest of the game I thought was pretty even, you know, with the exception of the terrible man marking for the first goal for Van Dyke's header and the Salah finish at the end, which was, yeah, you know, it was you... as Mohamed said, it was, it was a poor finish, but it was also like, it was, it was one of those like last minute of the game. Like all the defenders have gone up. Even De Gea wants to go up with this, but he didn't. How did and, you feel uh, about, Salah just had a um... How did you feel about Maguire's kind of performance in that one-on-one with Van Dyke? Like, I feel you know, if, if you if you want anyone to go up against Van Dyke, it has to be your new eighty million dollars center back captain. Like, I just felt he was weak in that. In that. Can, can I can I jump in a little bit here? Yeah. So the problem in this was the zonal marking, because the zonal marking had Fred in the in the position that uh, Van Dyke was attacking. Once he had gotten rid of Fred it went into the next zone, which was Brandon Williams. And he literally shoves Brandon Williams aside. By the time Maguire, who had another guy on him, gets to Van Dyke, Van Dyke has the jump on him. That had nothing to do with Harry Maguire. What they should have done was go man-to-man, which they actually did switch in the second half, but they put Matic on Van Dyke, is go with Matic or uh, Maguire on him from the beginning. Don't do this zonal marking nonsense. We have conceded the most goals from corners this season, I think. And that's because we keep going zonal. We're not using the actual strengths of people like Maguire and whoever else is tall on that team to defend. It's stupid. It's just stupid. All right. Well, I think yeah, that's on that. Um, let's move on to uh, Chelsea Newcastle. Um, this was an un- well. I mean, you know, you wouldn't bet that Newcastle would have won this game, but um, you know, in Newcastle, one nil um, versus Chelsea. This one again. Um, was Lampard just having a hard time recently. Um, you know, no one would have expected this, but with the form again, um, I mean, Chelsea don't have the worst form, being, you know, beating Tottenham, beating Arsenal. Um, this one was, was not a good result. No, and uh, I think it was a last-minute goal by Newcastle, like an injury time as well. Yeah, Isaac. Hayden. But it's it's not Newcastle's first big win of the season. Earlier the season, they had a one nil against Man United. They have a one nil now against Chelsea. They're a very unpredictable team. They have the Longstaff brothers, you know, running their midfield, and uh, I don't know. The people of Tyne side are totally rallying behind this team. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I mean, I can just Newcastle. Feel it. I'll, I'll add that. Uh, so yeah, actually, I never thought I'd say Steve Bruce is doing a good job anywhere, but he is doing a good job with no resources. Uh, but Kepa is the single worst elite team's goalkeeper in the world. Preach, brother. Like, Preach. He's, I, like, I was always on the fence that I was picking splinters out of my ass, but I'm there, Monet. I'm with you. I'm in your yard. I'm Thank there. Thank you. I have like, been here since week three, man. He's so, so bad. And his save percentage is actually... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it up a little bit, but the number I saw was over 100. So of 127 goalkeepers, out of, 100, sorry, out of 130, he's 127th, something like this, in safe percentage of keepers who played over a certain number of games in Europe. It's absolutely disgraceful. They need, they need a new goalkeeper tomorrow. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, no, and I've been trying to drag you guys onto this train um, this whole time, and it's just... He's not good enough for 70 million pounds or whatever the hell they paid for him. And, you know, balls that are, like, right at him, right at his chest, right at his hands. That, if you want to save your team a point in the dying 
minutes of a game, you need to be making that save. I'm sorry. He's uh, just not good enough. Um, and and I, I don't know if he will be, but right now he's just not. Absolutely. And uh, that's the end of part one. Uh, I'll send you a link for part two. Alex, welcome, man. You've joined us for the uh, for the fun part. We were just going to talk about West Ham Everton. How are you doing, man? I love getting in on Moy's time. I'm good, man. How are you? All good, all good. We discussed all the major uh, all the major games, so uh, we left you with a juicy one one West Ham Everton here, which uh, I didn't see, obviously. Oh, well, obviously, no one. Else. <laughs> um, Did anyone see that? Are we crazy? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Calvin uh, Dominic Calvin Klein here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could, he could be an underwear model to be fair he could be he scored uh, he scored a goal again he's on he's on good form uh still running up and down the line at like 85 uh, i'm sorry someone said that calvert lewin could be in line to replace kane for england and i and i puked in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> this is english fans man anyway. one goal but and yeah, you're on the plane <laughs> oh, so so apparently there's no plane. What do you mean? It's in London, their group, right? Because this this Euro is all around, so there's no plane to get on. You have to get on a plane. There has to be a plane. There isn't, mate. You're just playing in London. <laughs> London's a big city. Yeah, so Burkham can play for them. Exactly. Anyways, let's talk about this a little. I mean, uh, maybe not. Let's move on. Um, Norwich beat Bournemouth one 0 Bournemouth are going to get relegated. Um, that's that. And Brighton and Nassim Villa played the thrilling 1-1, uh, which was also incredible. Jack Grealish with a beautiful finish, to be fair, that, that calf, that left calf. Oh, hey, oh, Bernie, oh, Bernie oh. have you made a bid yet? Me? Me personally? Yeah. Uh, I'm about to open a, open FM just so I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did present, Bernie, the contact information for uh, Edward Wood, and uh, so he can literally send them an email right now. Well, I, I did send a tweet to Mike Phelan, so, and it was, I actually said, here are some, some players for you to, to sign. Please let us oh, know yeah. the feedback, signed management. Wow. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? What do you mean, what did he say? He's not going to say anything. <laughs> that means your tweet sucked. Your tweet is terrible. Wait, Bro. you know how many people a day tweet Mike Phelan <laughs> telling him to sign players? You know how many times a day he has to take his phone out of his shorts? That's a very good question, actually. I wonder how many people tweet Mike Phelan. You don't want to know that. Anyway, right, let's, uh, let's, talk about about? One, let's talk about the one interesting game here. Southampton 2, Wolves 3. Um, this was a really, really good game. Southampton starting off with the great form that they're in. They were 2-0 up um, against Wolves, doing fantastic, blitzing them 2-0 in the first 35 minutes. And then Wolves kind of took over in the second half. Um, Jimenez finally scoring some goals. Yeah, Adama Traore with a couple of assists, as as he has been doing this season. Yep, yep. So, you know, the great comeback by Wolves, but it doesn't take away from Southampton being, you know, on really good form recently. That's true. It's an important win for Wolves, though, because they've lost a couple recently, and they're still, like, they're right in the hunt for that fourth Champions League spot. Yeah, no, they are. They uh, they, they have three out of three wins out of their last six and a draw. So, not not bad. Um, you know they're uh, they're 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 still in those in that fight. They're in sixth right now, same points as United, and only five points away from Chelsea. They could they could if they push make fourth. Would uh, would Mohamed you at Arsenal or Bernie Roche at United take Nuno? No. Why? No, not at all. I mean, uh-huh. why? Like, okay, from United point of view, you're fifth, five points off fourth. Keep this guy for summer. Bring Pochettino or Allegri. You don't have to 
do Nuno for what? I'm not like, saying right now. Generally, still no. It doesn't make sense. Like, no. But no, quality, no for what? No. Well, no. no. <laughs> quality beard. I, Alex, I'm sure this time last year you asked me this question and I said, I do not want someone who looks like a, like a fisherman like as a manager. Like, no. This is wow. not like ships ahoy or whatever. Like, no. Absolutely. You, you're aware that, you're Caribbean. aware that your manager <laughs> looks like Gollum. So. Yeah. I will take Gollum over Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, Shit. All right, then. all right. All Sounds right. like a plan. I'm, this is this has gone swimmingly. Uh, <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for the Premier League. Let's talk a little bit around Europe. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, the Premier League. I just want to say, Jamie Vardy on seventeen goals, Aguero on fifteen, uh, Aubameyang fourteen, and Danny Ings and Rashford tied on fourteen. Here's the real. Here's the real question: Is Sergio Aguero gonna do it finally, or is Danny Ings gonna take it? Those are your two options. is not going to take it. I think Aguero will <laughs> yeah, Aguero, Aguero will do it because think about it. When Liverpool win the league with like seven games to go or whatever it is, City are going to be so free and they're just going to like kill everybody 8-0. There's no more pressure. Here's another one. Is De Bruyne going to take the assist record off Thierry Henry? What's left? Like how many? Five. Oh, yeah. The record yeah. is 19, right? So he needs six to get to 20. Yeah. Well, unless, unless Aguero doesn't score for like 15 games in a row. Mate, De Bruyne could do that on one day against, like, <laughs> Norwich. Well, to be fair, to be fair, when Ozo was on 16 in, like, December, we also thought this would happen. Yeah, but De Bruyne is better, so he'll, he'll get there. Uh, yeah. All right, you want to go back to Europe now? Uh, no. Or go to the no. continent? No, wait, no, wait, no, wait, what? Wait, let's talk I, about I Messi. Let's talk about thing. Messi. Come on, man. Okay, I fine. Let's talk about Messi. Before we start talking about Messi, about no. De Bruyne, he is as... Ugly as he is good at football. That's so harsh, man. <laughs> and that's all I wanted to say about it. And now Have we can move on. Have you seen some of the other players in the league, man? He, yeah, like... He, yeah, he's fine. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't want to talk about Troy Deeney or anything, but, like... Corona at worst looks like an adult Tintin. Courtois <laughs> had, other, had other thoughts on that, so... Um, <laughs> Yuck. All right. Uh, let's time. take a look here. Let's take a look here. Madrid beats Sevilla two one with two Casemiro goals, which is on. Uh, I mean, this is this is a once in a lifetime two goals in one of the game, but one of them, that beautiful turn and chip over the keeper. Mm, he the guy has skills. He's Brazilian, man. Like you know, they, they never go away. Uh, uh, this that's called a Casemiro. Wow. A, wow. And 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 they were playing at home, so it was Casemiro. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Madrid with a very important 2 1 win um, against Sevilla there. Um, very important win. And then uh, Barcelona followed it up with the following day with a very slight 1 0 win. I think it was against Granada. Yeah. Um, and first game for what's his name? Yeah, or whatever. Setien. But, but what's important is that Barcelona started passing the ball again. 15 yes. million passes. Busquets back in the middle. Ricky Pig. Ricky Pig. <laughs> <laughs> getting a little, getting a little performance, bro. You know, and the goal was gorgeous. Why did he get a little performance? Because got in the seventy-second minute for Rakitic, and they scored it. <laughs> we'll we'll let you have this one. So Barca and Madrid are actually really battling it out, both at forty-three points on top of the table. Um, very tight race after what seemed like Barcelona would go with would kind of run away with it after Madrid. You know, Madrid started the season slow, um, but they've been back, man. Like just. Killing it. Um, Italy, Napoli lost again. So Gattuso is, you know, not too very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen his face? 
All yeah. the time, oh, maybe oh shit. God. Yeah. yeah, all the time, shit. Napoli. Summertime is a good. Uh, summertime is a shit. <laughs> now all the time is a shit. So um, Napoli are 11th, guys. 11th. Oh my god. Okay, you remember when we were talking about this, and I told you guys, I really hope that like we finally, with this whole Gattuso thing, realize that he's just like an Italian Gary Neville, and he's not cut out for this, and he can just stop being a manager. Because like, how many times is he gonna fail? Oh, Italy love recycling a manager, though. They love recycling everything, man. <laughs> old players, too. Yeah, no, no. Like they they, they love recycling like, everything except for actually recycling. That's true. I mean, they, they will Prime recycle ministers. a bunch of... They will recycle a bunch of players. It will yeah, happen. Pri Prime ministers, you know, they love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go only back in. Um, <laughs> no, like, it, it's ridiculous what's going on at Napoli. And I don't really know where they go from here. Like, they just appointed Gattuso. You want to sack him at the end of the season, put him on gardening leave and, like, appoint someone else. But mm -hmm. the, uh, the title race took a, took a little turn it's in over. that... There's been one or two points between Juve and Inter for the last few months, and now Juve have opened up a four-point lead. Um, they beat Parma 2-1, two goals from Ronaldo, and, and Inter drew away to Lecce. Prompting Antonio, uh, Antonio, Conte, Antonio Conte to sign Victor Moses. Wow. Just to, compl <laughs> to compliment Ashley Young. When you lose Wait a second. The they signed everybody and they signed Victor Moses as well? Yes. yes. Wow! From Venabache. Do you guys know that Conte will not be here for a third season? You know this, right? Is this his first, no. isn't it? This yeah. is his first. In, in fact, it will not get better than this because I don't know where you're going to get from Victor Moses, Alexis Sanchez, Ashley Young, and there's other, another old guy that he signed. I can't remember next year. And Giroud, if he gets his way. <laughs> like, Ericsson's the only person who wants to sign this under 50. <laughs> Guys, it's over. Two words for win this, retirement no. league. Actually, yeah. yeah. Actually. Anyways, um, so Inter drew, uh, and Alex said, you've been part to one. Ronaldo, two goals. Um, he has, like, I don't know the stats exactly, but he's been killing it for the last couple of weeks in Serie A. He has, like, a lot of goals, something like 14 points on his own to, for Juve recently, and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's been back in form, you know, just that the tapping machine is, is up and running. As, as much as I would love to just uh, espouse my, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, for being old and doing wonderful things and having 93 minutes per goal, we really need to talk about Chiro Immobile, yep. who has yes. 23 goals, five assists, and 68 minutes per goal. Lazio have only lost two games. They have 45 points, and they have a game in hand, meaning they win the next game. They actually will be second ahead of Inter Milan. Bernie, they've won, like, 10 or 11 games in a row. It's bonkers. Absolutely crazy. Inzaghi is, uh, if, if, if Juve somehow managed to not win the league or if they sack Sari or whatever, something goes wrong with Sari, they will go for, for Simone Inzaghi. He's been good for a few seasons. Yeah. Like, this is not a great Lazio squad. He's massively overachieving. No, and they can't sign black players, so it's hard. Exactly. <laughs> Milan beat Udinese 3-2. Um, this one I actually watched, don't ask me why, but I seem to have a lot of time this weekend. Uh, <laughs> Ibra looks good, man. It's not just that. Like, he actually looks like he's providing some sort of a focal point in attack to kind of bounce off. He's, he's, been, he's been good. Did he, did he didn't score, did he? No. I don't think so. It was like Rebic got a couple. Rebic? And uh, <laughs> I forget who else. Theo, but, yeah. Theo Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been absolutely legendary for them. They absolutely love him. 
Yeah, man, this the Italian commentator I was watching, I kept saying, ojo, ojo. And I, <laughs> what does that mean? This new player that they signed <laughs> ojo. And I'm just going to Google it right now because it's just, I think it means cross or something, man. Translate. There so, we go. On, on, on that, so Theo Hernandez is playing well. Uh, is it Theo? It's Theo, right? Yeah. Yep. He's playing well, but believe me, they're going to have to sell him very, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> they they recorded losses of an increase of 16% of 146 million euros in losses. Like, they need to sell everybody. Apparently, I don't know how to write ojo, so I can't find their translation. But in Spanish, it means I. So there's that. Okay. But in Italian, I can't find what I mean. So the commentator was going, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so let's talk about transfers. Mo, let's talk about one that uh, you guys either is or isn't happening. Kurzawa, what, what's the latest on that? No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a, such a failed Arsenal side. He's got like every, every little clue. He's injury prone. He's a diva. He doesn't know how to defend. He's getting old. Like what more do you want, man? Like who runs this club? I didn't think that was going to happen, but that was beautiful. Thank you. I second everything he said. All right. Yeah, like, this is a non-event. Let's talk about Bruno Fernandes. What do you <laughs> Speaking mean? Speaking of non-events. What do you mean, <laughs> Bruno Fernandes? Speaking of non-events. <laughs> like, how United, United fans tuning into Sporting versus Benfica, and like, the memes. Like, looks like the face of a player who's played his last team, uh, game for the club. Like, shut up, man. Just watch the game. Seriously, it was so we did tune in, and he did not look like anything. Like anyway, he was not set. He was nothing. And the latest is United are not interested in paying the ten million dollar, ten million pound difference that Sporting want. It will probably wasn't still he, happen. But wasn't he just upset by the slapping he got of Benfica? Didn't Benfica completely slap Sporting this game? It, it was not. It was men against boys. Like it was a disgrace of a football <laughs> game. Like, mm. Benfica are actually really good at football, and Sporting are not much better than us. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> right, he'll fit right in. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got a few, uh, few little transfers to watch. Here, here's one, right? Never heard of the bloke. His name is Amir Rahmani. He's Kosovan. He's absolutely massive. He's like a meter 92, and he's just gone from Verona to Napoli. So I think this is Vidic point two. Why does Alex take us down these these rabbit holes? Like, because Bernie, you're going to be scouting him on some stream in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, he will. He he like, he's just joining the mafia. They need a tall dude yeah. down there. Uh, to compensate Where for does he play? Is he a striker? He's a center back. Wow, I bet he's so slow. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Kosovo, man. He'll just kill anything that comes towards him. Yeah, he's right. Um So, uh, the Premier League just got its first Tanzanian player, Mbwana mm. Samata. Iguana? No. Mbwana. Rishay, just listen. Rishay, just listen to this part. <laughs> 8.5 million from game. And if he misses a goal, everyone can go, Samata with you. <laughs> wow. Bro, 8.5 million, he must be something. Like, I thought, you know, when you get him from Tanzania, it's going to be like 200,000. He didn't come from Tanzania directly. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he come from? From Gank. Gank. 
Oh, gang. It's like they brought him on. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, I thought he used to play in Tanzania. Wait. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I'm thinking about it now. That they don't have a league. They don't have a yeah, imagine the team in the Tanzania league that sold a player for 8.5. It's it. It's over. That, the, the owner of that team is not president. Man, yeah. that would be the greatest the money in the of all time. <laughs> You're going to edit this out, but the teams of Tanzania, Tanzanian leagues, like sometimes the number nine is just a cheetah. Wow. <laughs> like, why? Like, why? Why do you make me do work? We're editing is work. work. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's okay. <laughs> I, I got I got two more to look out for. One is uh, Carl Toko Akambi, who's joined Lyon from Villarreal. He's a very quick forward. He's going to be good, I think, in Liga. And then the big one that happened today: twenty-five point six million pounds. Rainer Jesus Flamengo to Real Madrid. They keep buying these teenage Brazilians. Bro, it's a trade, man. I swear, like they just buy Brazilians and to sell them for like double the money. It's actually like illegal. Yeah, but it makes it like I think Perez came out a couple of years ago and he was like, "Look, we can't spend the money that like the English clubs are spending, so we have yeah. to buy these guys before they get big." Yeah, man, it's. Uh, I mean, we'll see how Rodrigo works, yeah. out, how Vinicius works out, but so far, you know. Just to yeah. go back to Ekambi, the the only reason this transfer is actually useful is because it has uh, permutations for uh, Musa Dembele because he's a family member. Going, well, no, because I'm not one of the Dembele clan or the Ndombele clan. But uh, Chelsea are interested in Dembele. Uh, United are interested in Dembele. Um, but both clubs are apparently also interested in Edinson Cavani. So that could be an interesting space to see what, which strikers those two clubs actually go for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure what Shay's laughing at. I don't know. I'm not sure what Barney's Everything, man. These, all these transfer rumors are giving me so much, like, hope. And then I quickly have to, like, overpower my ambition, like my hope with my brain, which is going to tell me that Ed Woodward is going to absolutely shit on every single deal that did potentially you, arises. Did you notice the deadpan way I delivered this message? There's no hope. Have no hope. Yes. Like, there are other teams who are trying to sign Kurzawa. There's no hope in the world for any of us. Like, leave it alone. Bro, bro. Bruno, Bruno boom is coming. Don't you worry, man. Speaking of guys with, with great names, Real Madrid have just loaned someone to Rayo Vercan. De Frutos is literally George of Fruit. Say it again. Jorge de Frutos, George of Fruits. Wow. Interesting. How do you become George of Fruits? Let's do something about it. What can we possibly do? Are you are you guys aware that this has been the worst transfer window because we've talked about a fruit? (laughs) We've talked about a Kosovan war hero. And a cheetah. And 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 uh, a a guy we thought came from Tanzania. Like, like, this is horrible. Bro, like Alex said, Alex introduced the segment saying we have the first Tanzanian in the Premier League. I, you know, where the where the Tanzanians come from? Tanzania. One, you're Egyptian. We live in Canada. What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, sure. But what else, man? Where is Genk? Genk is Belgium or something? Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's Dar es Salaam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just South Sudan in Africa there. Uh. Cool, man. All right. Well, anyways, that was a very informative transfer uh, business roundup. Yeah. Right. So we've covered all the important ones from around the world. The top number one is that Ashley Young is gone and he's in the retirement league uh, with Inter Milan. I'm actually yeah. very happy for you. Very, very happy for you. I am. Yes. He will never be mentioned ever again in history. Vic- Victor Moses at right back and Ashley Young at left back and Giroud up top. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you managed to win the league, 
with that combination, you need a statue. You just need a statue of Conte the size of Jesus the Redeemer with his hands out. That's what they need to build if he wins this thing. With the best yeah. thing is we get to see all those guys in the Champions League next year. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh, by the way, Victor Moses is coming from Fenerbahce, but yeah. he's still on Chelsea's books, right? It's just a loan. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, more more for the loan, the, the Chelsea train loan. Like, so, they're saying that basically they got a transfer ban and they still didn't <laughs> Victor Moses? Like, that's how bad he is? I guess. Yeah. yeah you know who else is still on Chelsea's books? Uh, Van Ginkel. Oh, no. Like, he's been there a decade. No chance. And, and uh, the Brazilian kid, Lucas Piazzon, who's like 28 now. Oh, he, when you, you go to Piazzon's like, Wikipedia, and it is hilarious how... <laughs> I thought there was a pizza joke coming in here. I really did. No, no, uh, no. no. Oh, oh, well. Anyways, uh, all right, cool. Time to go. Yeah. Done, done, done. Anything else? And that's it. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next week. Speak to Bye. you soon. Take care, guys. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the Kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.